Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I have Fiorello Giordano, and I think I said that right. Yes? Fiorella Giordano. Okay, all right. Anyway, we're going to get started right after this, and I will get her name right before the end of the show. So stay tuned. Welcome to Kingdom Talks. We engage with leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations to awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. You can help us get the word out by liking, subscribing, and sharing with your friends. Now, enjoy the conversation. All right, so I am here with Fiorella Giordano. Did I get it right that time? Yes. All right, good, good. <laughs> well, um, and you said I could call you Fee? Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. <laughs> that's that's going to be a lifesaver for me. But uh, Fee, um, I think I actually heard your name first time when I was interviewing uh, Brian, Brian Orm. Mm-hmm. Brian Orm, and uh, he had mentioned your name, and and uh, and then recently somebody mentioned your name again, and I went and and looked you up, and I actually watched a show that you did with somebody else just yesterday. Uh, now this is going to air, I think, around April fifth. So when I say just yesterday, what is it today? I mean today is the nineteenth of of March. So, um, and and then lo and behold, I had somebody cancel on a show that I was supposed to do. And one of my people, Karen, everybody knows Karen Britt, uh, she goes, you should reach out to Fiorella. And I reached out to you. And actually, I am amazed that you responded right away and you were able to jump on. I love people like that. That is so awesome. So thank you. Thank you. I'm love honored. spontaneity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, how did you get to where you're at today? Um, you know, what are, what are the important points that people would want to hear to encourage them on their journey? Um, you know, I got saved back in uh, 2004 and um, I quickly came into the prophetic movement more um, on the revival side of things. And so my supernatural journey started there and it evolved through time, um, through a few years, and um, just different encounters were really milestones that transitioned me more into this place um, of just longing for what no eye has seen or ear has heard, really just the the walk that Enoch had. You know, I think that if you could sum it up um, and what brought me to the point of where I'm at, it would be that one desire. What does it look like to walk in those realms with God and actually bring that translation into the earth? That is, now, who have been some of your mentors over the last few years? Over the last few years, let's see, I've had people mentor me early on, like Bobby Connor. Um, then I had um, a little bit of just uh, interfaces with Bob Jones. And then it went to, um, you know, I started listening a little bit to Ian Clayton here and there, um, although that was more at a distance. And um, recently, somebody who I consider my mentor is uh, Dan McCollum. So he's out okay. in California. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and so you say you just got saved in 2004. So it's been mm-hmm. 16 years or so. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did you get involved really heavily into the church movement or did you actually get connected with some of these mentors first along the way? I actually um, started going to conferences, just revival conferences, because I was going to a Baptist university when I got saved. And, <laughs> um, and I realized 
you know, I wasn't saved, so I didn't know how, what I was longing for. And then when I got saved, I wasn't finding it there. So I had to look beyond and find different people. And um, there was a little charismatic group in our university that um, was gathering. And so they introduced me to the whole revival side of things. And I just got online and I was like, I just need to find some people. So I winged it and I just went to a conference um, and started, you know, uh, hearing about Bill Johnson and different people like that. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, I think within a year I um, mentored, um, not mentored, I did an internship that um, allowed me to be part of tons of different conferences and get around people like Bob Jones and Bobby Connor and just through connection and relationship, um, I just found myself in the mix within a year from getting saved. Wow. So yeah. that that's amazing because then that I'm assuming now when you say you were at a Baptist university, were you uh, uh, did you actually kind of grow up in the church and that's why you were at the Baptist university or um, was that the case? Well, <clears throat> well yes and no. Um, I actually grew up in um, a Christian home. Absolutely. Um, my parents were missionaries, are missionaries, but I okay. was agnostic, borderline. Okay. I wanted to be an atheist, but I couldn't because I knew too much. So um, so I was in that space. I was pursuing my English degree. And honestly, I was so out of control that I told myself that if I didn't go to a private school, then that had some sort of guidelines that I would never graduate. So that was my incentive to go to a <laughs> Baptist university. Um, so I chose it. It wasn't even my parents. Like I just chose it and wow. it just, yeah. Okay. So part of the reason I was asking that is I'm kind of wondering, uh, you know, how much, uh, Christian baggage did you have that you had to kind of, uh, you know what, I've just, I've just, someone, I, we had somebody over for dinner last night and they just shared with us. In fact, uh, I've had him on the show, Larry McKnight. And uh, he, you know, works fairly closely with uh, Paul Young and some others like that. And he was talking about how they had engaged and, and were talking about um, this word deconstruction. I, you, we hear it a lot in this movement, but it's like, if you really think about that, when you deconstruct something, usually the idea is you're deconstructing the entire thing so you can kind of throw it away. Mm -hmm. And that honestly is probably not what we're doing. And what we're, what we're more likely doing is restoration, where you do tear down a lot of what is already there, but you're leaving some pieces in place, especially mm -hmm. your, your pillars and your, your load-bearing walls and so forth. So I was going to use the word deconstruction that, you know, you, whether or not you had to go through a lot of that. But I'd say, I, I guess I want to start using the term reconstruction. Mm -hmm. um, so did you feel like you had to go through a lot of that in order to get to where you're at today? No, not at all. Actually, um, it was a gift that I wasn't, you know, in the church space. Like my heart wasn't there. So I didn't have all the baggage, like even though growing up, I would hear a lot of things and I was conditioned to religion in the sense that, you know, I had to go to church every Sunday and that kind of thing. But I never took it in. Like it was nothing that um, like when I did come to the Lord, it was something I look back now and I look at some of the friends that I had, you know, at that point when I came into the Lord and the baggage that they did have. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't. And I don't know if it was just something that. God just did sovereignly, just sort of kept my mind and my heart in a place where I didn't have trouble believing in 
in things that were, you know, outside of my construct and even with my parents, the way that they approach certain things like God's foreknowledge and that kind of thing. And even with the prophetic, like it was, um, it was so challenging for them, but even growing up the way that they thought in me, inside of myself, I was like, I just don't think that's true. And I, I just, it was just something that was inside of me. And so I, it must've been the Lord, you know, just protecting me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that is wonderful because I mean, so many people do have to go through that deconstruction, reconstruction process to even get to where a lot of people in this movement are at today. Mm -hmm. um, but then for a lot of people, it's like they've been through enough that their their frustration level drives them to that reconstruction, deconstruction in order to get set free. And that's what we're all about is I just want to see people set free. Mm -hmm. I believe that a spiritual walk with God is so much more than what the church has given most people. I, I want to honor the church because it is, you know, we want to just bless people where they're at and mm -hmm. and not, um, you know, not throw any judgment or condemnation or anything like that. There's been enough of that go around. So um, we just want to look at how do we help set people free? And, 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 I, and I love what I heard when I was listening to your conversation yesterday. Uh, before we jump into some of that, is there anything else you'd like to share about your journey before we move on? Um, you know, I, I can't think of something specifically um, other than just that mark of that, that Enoch walk that really um, sort of channeled everything that the Lord was wanting to do through my life. That one desire, I think, really summarized it. And there's been a series of encounters that really um, transitioned me or not transitioned me, but more affirmed that that point, you know, of calling and, um, and possibility. So I think that that, that's all I can say right now, as far as that goes. Well, what are, what are you doing today? Uh, it, are, are you ministering full time? Are you speaking? Are you sharing? Do you have a website? Do you have uh, YouTube? What, what do you, what do you have? What are you yeah. doing um, that you'd like to share with people? I'm doing a lot. Um, so I do have a website is fiorellagiordano.io. And um, I do travel. I am um, a full-time, you know, minister, itinerant minister. And um, obviously with COVID, things have changed uh, quite yeah. a bit this past year. And, um, but honestly, um, right now I'm really honoring the reset. And so I'm not traveling as much. And um, the reason being is because of the projects that I'm working on. One of them is called the Ultraviolet Experiment, which is um, an artificial intelligence um, project that right. it's about creating an artificial intelligence to um, be able to categorize dreams and encounters in regions, <clears throat> nations, and cities, and even by seasons, and begin to extrapolate the data to um, sort of begin to create immersive experience experiences. Um, of you know multimedia experiences of music and um, and just visual media in order to um, give God's voice a sound you know give God's yeah. language yeah. of, of yeah. dreams and encounters a sound and and even taking a step further is to sonify creation what would it look like when that language begins to be heard and I feel that um, artificial intelligence is um, an on ramp for that. Um, just another, almost having another palette for artists, you know, to work from. 
So that's one of the projects I'm working on. And um, the next uh, the next one I'm working on is um, I'm wanting to develop um, quantum storytelling, quantum music and quantum art through cyber technologies and use cyber technologies to do that. And so I am um, sort of in a think tank right now, think, think tank space to be able to do that with some friends. And, um, and then aside from that, you know, um, I also do e-courses. Um, and I launched those out via my social media on Facebook and, and Instagram. And I do have a YouTube channel, but I haven't posted there in years. Um, I have another project, a, another project called um, Dream Effect, which is more of the quantum story um, side of things, um, quantum storytelling. And um, I'm experimenting with poetry and also visual arts to be able to um, see how synchronicities happen and how dreams can even emerge out of that space so those are some of the things i'm working on well i i love it um we talked a little bit about this before uh you know we went live here before we started recording and um i pointed out that at least in a lot of the people that i run into believe and feel that ai and technology is going to be the downfall of humanity mm -hmm. And that, and I, and I actually had an encounter, a vision where I felt like, you know, Father was showing me that before AI would ever come and, and be in that place of so much authority that we can't even unplug it, that um, he would bring his spiritual technology in such a way that people would be walking the earth with the power and authority of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, in that case, they could just wave a hand and be gone with the AI if they wanted to. However, Father's also been showing me more and more and more and more how it is very possible, I believe, uh, and I'm not saying one way or the other that it's one way or the other, but I, I also just don't want to, you know, be so close-minded to the idea that uh, Father could be absolutely planning and using technology to get us to kind of the next level of even our spiritual evolution mm -hmm. uh, so that we can, you know, Kind of like Ian Clayton has, you know, used just walking through a door as an example of stepping into another dimension. Mm -hmm. uh, that as we learn use, to use technology, that when we step into those places where, you know, they're talking about teleportation now being, you know, actually possible through mm -hmm. technology in the next, they said the next few decades, maybe 100 years or whatever. But, but that it's actually now possible to where a decade or two ago, they really... They, you know, they had their ideas, but they really didn't think it was possible. Now they think it's possible. So that if we were to do that, use that technology, that in using that technology, we we become aware of, wow, hey, there's something happening here. And it engages something in our spirit to where we begin actually doing it in the in our body or in our spirit to where, you know, to some degree, we're already doing that. But mm -hmm. but anyway, I I just want to encourage people that are listening to really hear what you're saying and uh, uh, hear your heart, because I think it's important that we don't just throw every bit of technology out the door. I mean, hey, we're using computers right now or a phone. You're watching this. You're watching this on a, you know, a, uh, a, a, a tech device. So, you know, there are absolutely good benefits of tech. Uh, it's more about how we use it. And mm -hmm. I guess people are afraid of what where AI is going to go when it decides to take over, you know, supposedly, you know, are you familiar with the uh, technological singularity? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so they had that set in 2045, and then they moved it to 2039, and now supposedly it's a 2029, but I haven't really looked it up, so maybe they moved it up another year or two. I have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the idea and the time uh, where they believe that kind of AI is going to take over. It's going gonna, it's gonna to grow so fast, so rapidly, that we're not going to be able to uh, even understand what it's doing, let alone stop it, and we're going to be at its mercy, so to speak. Um, yeah. So anyway, those I just threw out a whole bunch of things. You can... Mm-hmm tackle any one of them or uh, go any direction you want to. So (laughs) there's so many points I'm so passionate about. And I think that, you know, um, at my onset of being the, when the dreams started coming about technology and I even had an encounter where I was taken to heaven and, um, and it was one of those things that, um, you know, Nikola Tesla is, is part of the cloud witnesses. And, um, and I met him in, in heaven, and I didn't even know who he was. So that was my intro to the technology side of things. <laughs> I love it. And um, so, you know, when I began to, after that encounter, when the revelation started coming, I, what I saw about artificial intelligence wasn't exactly the most positive. Like I did see two sides of the coin where there was this potential danger, but at the same time, there was this, this potential good, you know, that God can use it. And um, as I went deeper into it and I began to really, um, you know, be introduced to the whole concept of singularity and what that means, basically, you know, beyond that point, technology wise and innovation wise, we don't know, right, what it's going to be like, right? And um, as I was processing that with the Lord, um, he took me to 1 Corinthians 2, where it talks about what no eye has seen or ear has heard. And he said, I have a point of singularity as well. And my point of singularity is what no eye has seen or ear has heard or what has entered the, or nor has it entered the mind of man. And so if that's the spiritual singularity and wisdom is in the mix of that, um, I think that the Lord has a solution. And I wouldn't be surprised if people who are tapping into that and, and walking in that power of an age to come they're going to be able to harness an, a level of ideation that it's going to be so beyond. It's almost like saying, you know, going back to when cars were invented or even when the wheel was invented and saying, well, no, we're not going to do that because then, you know, we're not going to be able to, you know, it's going to take us out, you know, and then, you know, we, well, I'm just going to keep using my carriage because I'm afraid of cars. And it's almost like, why, why would we think that way? You know, even being afraid of electricity and those kinds of innovations that were just for the greater good. Now, I, I do believe that there is a difference that needs to be marked between a super intelligence and artificial intelligence. And a super intelligence is one that, you know, it, it, it could take over. And if it's not, if there aren't checks and balances, but I think that what God really would can use and does want to use is, is an artificial intelligence. And, um, and I feel that there is this axis of spiritual intelligence and technology, just because the more that once you begin to enter into that realm of divine intelligence, um, the way that the Lord has, has been framing it for me, even just in approaching artificial intelligence and different technologies, um, is, you know, you think so much more mathematically in ways that you hadn't before and just the concept of infinity in and of itself Mm -hmm. um you know that is 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 a construct that 
people operating in divine intelligence are going to operate out of because it's it's the eternal realm. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> I know I'm saying a lot, and I don't know if you want to interject in any one of these spaces. Well, I, I, I love what you're saying. Um, you know, the, the language that he gave me, and again, he gave me a, a vision, and I actually wrote it out and shared it, but this was three or four years ago. And what he basically was showing me is that before the technological singularity comes, he will come with his spiritual singularity, which, you know, is basically just everything coming, uh, you know, and whether, whether or not the actual spirit, uh, technological singularity comes and gets here, which I, I think it's inevitable, mm -hmm. um, unless God stops it. But, uh, it, you know, if it were not to come or if it were delay, to delay and for some reason, you know, who knows what happens, uh, something slows it all down so it doesn't happen, that Father's going to bring his spiritual singularity where, again, to me what that means is people reach that point of mature sons, maturity, full mm -hmm. maturity, where they're walking in the power and the authority of Yeshua that Yeshua had. And that we're even doing more than he did because he said we would. Um, yeah. That that was a spiritual singularity that he showed me would come before the the, the technological one. Um, the other thing, uh, you know, you were you were saying it would be silly for us to go back to the um, you know horse and carriage, and yet you know back in the time when the cars first came out, I guarantee you there were a lot of people that were like, oh no, I'm sticking to my horse and carriage, mm -hmm. and there was even a senator, and I don't remember his name. But there was a senator back in the back in probably actually the late mid to late 1800s that uh, is is on record for saying something along the lines of this is a crazy world we live in that we have trains that are going at the break these are his words breakneck speed of 11 miles an hour and you know he was like warning everybody to be careful you know <laughs> of this technology and yet here we are today. We've got things that are, you know, doing, I don't even know, I think 25,000 miles an hour is uh, the, the average speed of a, of a rocket or something. I don't know. I don't remember. But it's crazy where we've gone yeah. in such a short amount of time. And so this divine intelligence, I really would love you to speak more to that. But we're going to take a quick break. So everyone stay tuned. When we come back, we'll take a look deeper into uh, divine intelligence and where Fee believes all this is going. And you've been operating in this or you've been... Uh, in this realm for quite a few years, right, Fee? Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah. My encounter, the you know, the, that one encounter with Tesla was back in 2014. Okay. And so I've been in this for a bit, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. We'll be back right after this. Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. If you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. All right, so we're back, and um, I'm just wanting you to go ahead and jump right in, Fee. What are some of the, the things that Father's shown you uh, along the lines of divine intelligence? You know, um, let me just touch on this um, short encounter I had um, before I go into that. And the sure. encounter was basically... I was taken into the realm of the spirit and I saw Enoch and Nikola Tesla come together. And the Lord said, I am bringing the, the witness of these two in an unusual yeah, intersection. 
And, um, and it's something that hasn't really been done before. And they're coming in agreement to um, see that realm of eternity and those realms of technology and, and sound and energy um, come forth and, you know, just parts of their destiny and their inheritances um, being released. And then I saw um, this genome almost become activated. And, um, and it was as if I understood at that moment that it was, I was seeing a new creation. I was seeing something that heaven was just, you know, releasing at that moment. So with that in mind, um, you know, the way that I approach divine intelligence and technology is, um, I think language is so important. And I think that part of the, something that is unique to artificial intelligence and technology is that there's a language in it. There's a code um, that is a language. Yeah. And it's more than just what it constructs and it, can, it, it does. Like when you talk to coders, there's something about even just the symmetry of the code that they're creating. There's an artistry behind it. Maybe not all of them are thinking on those levels, but a lot of them are. And so um, I think a really great way of, you know, coming into that place of, of conceptualizing um, and really understanding in a greater depth the, the realm of divine intelligence is from the perspective of language. And, um, you know, I had an encounter, um, there's, there's things that I gravitate to just naturally, just because of how I'm wired, you know, and so things like quantum physics and, and neuroscience, like fascinate me, but that's, you know, and, that, and I can stay in those, those dimensions a lot, but in the beginning of this past year, I had, um, this really strange dream and, uh, and it was sort of just took me, it was out of left field for me. And in this dream, um, an angel came to me and he, and he began to speak to me about divine intelligence. And he said, there's two, there's two dimensions of divine intelligence I want to speak to you about. And I said, okay. And he said, the first one is, let's talk about the, the, the intellect and the human mind. And, um, you know, God can in, uh, and in, enhance capacities in the human mind where a person can um, be able to understand and make connections through a wide range of subjects. They just have a capacity to um, understand complexities quickly and retain information. And that's what we would call possibly an intelligent person, right? And there's so many kinds of intelligences within that, like creative intelligence and all that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but this was specifically to a dexterity of mind, you know, to be able to retain information. And, um, and then he said, but then there's this other side that is um that is completely raw power download of of realms of knowledge and and wisdom that that are not learned but are just downloaded and even things that don't exist in the earth and and so there's this dance between these two places and i knew that there was this place of developing the mind on the first facet that he mentioned in order for God to be able to release the supernatural raw dimension so that there is this grid for the mind to be able to operate within it, right? Or through it. And so as we went through, you know, as he's telling me this, he, we go to this plot of land and in this plot of land, um, we start sort of unearthing things in the land and there were different metrics in the land. So there was like this metric of a cup, um, and then there was a metric of like a of geometry and then i'm looking through it and then he said and then I, we we dig deeper 
and he tells me um, that metric right there. And it was invisible, but visible at the same time. He said, that's calculus and that's what you need. And I was like, <laughs> okay, um, seriously? Like, okay, you know, and, and it was a dream, right? So I was like, okay, this has to be symbolic. But the dreams kept coming about calculus. And, um, and the Lord's like, I want to speak to you in calculus. And, um, and I was like, God, I don't know a calculus. And so he's like, but I want to think, I want to teach you how to think with a mindset of calculus. Yeah. So when, when he told me that I, I went into a digging mode and I was like, I need to, I need to expand my mind, you know, and allow the Lord to construct an understanding. And so I got some books on this concept called the infinitesimal which is infinity, right? Mm -hmm. And it was highly controversial, so controversial that it rocked the church, it rocked empires, it rocked kingdoms. And it was just a concept about a line having, you know, an infinite amount of indivisibles. And yeah. it was just this idea that was like chaotic and, and it literally was persecuted and people were burnt at the stake. Galileo was you know, was going to be killed by the Inquisition, but then he, you know, the Medici family managed to get him out and um, they ended up giving him a, a sentence for life to house arrest. So that was the price that these guys were paying for just infinity, right? And, and so as I'm going through this and digging through all this and trying to understand why on earth the Lord wants me to think um, on these levels, because infinity and eternity are not foreign concepts to me. I, I approach them spiritually, but I've never gone as far as to define them further than just like God is infinite or it never ends, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. And the thing about, you know, as as I read these, this book and then I started exploring the concept of zero and how zero is this resting space, you know, the zero point energy field and, yeah, and yeah. what and how that was discovered and how controversial that was. Why are these spiritual um, access points, um, in the, in the, in the supernatural, in the natural, like such points of controversy. Right. And so, um, anyways, as I was, I was, as I was going through all this, I started realizing that God was trying to expand my mind to think about infinity beyond just vastness and start thinking about approaching, uh, approaching, um, infinities, meaning start talking and thinking about limits and defining limits and frontiers and transcending those limits, which is what calculus does. So calculus is all about calculating the function of change and also um, just limits, like exploring the limits and pushing the limits and, and the curves and the motion of the planets and all of that goes into calculus. And it was just this really strange way that the Lord was choosing to expand my understanding, but then then it came and I began to really understand this is why. It's because um, when we begin to look at the universe and the language of the universe, you know, we have scriptures like Psalms 19 where it says, you know, that the heavens declare his glory, right? That day to day yeah. pulls out speech, night to night pours out knowledge. Their line, their line has gone out, but they, you know, no one hears it. So, there, so we tend to think, you know, beauty is what speaks. And we, we know that symmetry is beauty, right? We find symmetrical things beautiful, but there's so much more. Like there is a code, there is a language in the universe that God has given it 
in order for it to, to speak about his glory. And so what these guys in the mathematical realm in those in the 1500s and 1600s and 1700s, they were hearing the voice of God, but they were hearing through the language of mathematics because God was restoring the sound of his language to humanity. And that was why there was so much warfare over the idea of infinity because it was a, an expansion of language and perspective. And so when I began to understand that, you know, something that Galileo has said is that in order to understand a language, you have to learn how to read the characters. And in order to understand the universe, you have to learn to, you have to learn mathematics because it speaks in mathematics. And so if you, so for me, as I was, as I've been diving into this, it's like, you know, and then you go into the, the guy that, that, that co-created or co-invented calculus with Newton, I mispronounce his name as something like Leibniz or Lipsnitz or something like that. Um, he believed that math would be a language one day and that it would be a language of ideas. So an ideographic language. So my, my perspective of divine intelligence has been going from spiritual thought to spiritual word. And there's this space in between where we can't we we can tap into the spiritual and the substance but we have trouble articulating and translating what that is and the thing about technology is that it's able to translate the concept the code yeah. translates it into a reality so the spiritual dimension of of the divine intelligence is us you know taking governance of the technology and um and allow and using it in a way that is ethical that is righteous and that is unto creation that is unto expansion of life and um and and just using it as you would use a software in your computer um for architecture or for you know um graphic design or whatever yeah, that would yeah. be right to build something better and so um as i have been diving deeper into this my whole thing has been how do we speak the language that god wants us to speak out of this realm of wisdom to be able to translate spiritual realities into supernatural realities on the earth and the divine intelligence is that that in between place that is able to translate that and so the articulation has to come out of the expansion of understanding where you're able to truly put to words, but what a, then it, it goes even deeper. And it's like creation is speaking, right? It's not just that God is speaking through creation, but creation is speaking and there's a code, but there's a gap in our understanding. There's an incoherence. We see the beauty, we, but, but there isn't a place of where, where we meet and we agree and we sink and we, and, 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 and hmm. we you know, let everything that has breath you know, praise the Lord, right? And so yeah, that place yeah. of coherence, I think it's the net is that other dimension of divine intelligence. And as I as I feel that as we step into that, you know, creation is groaning, right? For the manifest sons of God. It's it's longing to be set free. But it also says that we are groaning, right? And so there's these two groans happening at the same time. And they're not these in, in a void, like they're meant to be heard and they're meant to be understood. And I had this encounter um, where it was so profound because I, it, there was a really bad storm rolling through Texas. I live in Dallas. And um, 
And the Lord has spoken to me through lightning and through storm. Like I've heard his voice through mm -hmm. it. This wasn't that. This was mm -hmm. like the actual storm. <clears throat> Stopped at my house, like a friend would stop at a house. And yeah, it was still yeah. going. And I was in bed because it was really late. And, and the storm, it, it, it began to communicate me through a field of energy. It's the best way I can describe it. It was just energy, but it was, I knew it was speaking to me. In my energetic field, um, my biofield, um, it, it, it began to understand and it began to communicate back. And I am awake and my bed is shaking. So it's like for a good hour, this is happening. And I'm just like, what is happening? I know that this is, this is from the Lord, but I know that this is not the Lord speaking to me. I know that this is creation. And I didn't get any sleep that day and because uh, it went through the morning and I finally got out of bed and I'm like, Lord, what is this? And he said, creation is groaning and it found a vibrational match in you because there's manifestation in your language, in your makeup, in your being. That's your language. That's part Love of your that. divine intelligence. And when it found that vibrational match, it was able to communicate and release its groan. And I was coherent. My, my energy, my language was coherent. And I was able to impart freedom to that storm. And, and it was just wild because, you know, George Carver has this incredible quote, quote and, I, and I need to pull it up because it's, it's going to literally rock your world. Um, he says this, okay? So George Carver, you know, was an inventor. Um, <clears throat> he said, anything will give up its secrets if you love it enough. Not only have wow. I found that when I talk to the little flower or to the little peanut, they will give up their secrets, but I have found that when I silently commune with people, they give up their secrets also, if you love them enough. And so it's all about, you know, for me, divine intelligence comes into this place of coherence where love can be explored and understood and the universe creation begins to give its secrets begins to unveil See, I, I i love that i mean so many things that you touched on i've i've, I've kind of got a mess of notes here but um you know i i am in such agreement with you in the area of um nature that you know nature is groaning it is looking for the mature sons mm -hmm. and you know what we've been teaching for quite a while now is that you know, nature's looking for a relationship. It's not looking to be bullied. It's not mm -hmm. looking to be, you know, forced into submission, but it's looking for relationships. So mm -hmm. I love that when you said that storm found a resonant frequency with you that that uh, it could communicate with. And, and, and I think nature's looking for that. And, you know, when I'm out, I, I actually have, I call it my tabernacle now because others started calling it that, but I just got a little tent in the back where I go and sit and I'll sit out there for hours in the morning watching the sunrise and just engaging with nature and understanding that another thing that, you know, as you're talking, understanding that I am confined energy, mm -hmm. you know, I am energy confined. Each of my organs is a confined part of me and everything else in the universe is some form of confined energy unless it's just energy well even energy itself is still usually confined to even an ultraviolet or whatever uh type light or energy so 
when we begin to understand, I, I was just seeing, as you were describing it, I was just seeing that, you know, when we begin to understand this confined energy, I believe can release. And perhaps that's how we maybe wind up teleporting is that we release the energy and then it comes back together in a different spot. But when we release it, we're into Christ consciousness, the fullness of Yahweh and all of creation and that we're releasing it pulling it back together in another place. And in that sense, uh, don't throw stones, whoever's listening, but in that sense, we are omnipresent. Mm -hmm. If we are able to rest to a point where we have rested so fantastically into his presence that he is able to receive us into mm -hmm. the universe, into him, mm -hmm. and, and then be able to reform in another place. Uh, it's just, I, I love it. And so when you're talking about that, that connection with the storm that we can connect with things and that's what we need to be looking for is the love mm -hmm. divine intelligence is love mm -hmm. and when we connect with that and we connect you know through that to other things other people man it's it's game on it's it's what father's waiting for yeah. and i can tell you that the 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 enemy of this divine intelligence love is fear Mm -hmm. And when we are fearful of things, it will cut things down, you know, to where we're not able to engage because we are fearful of it. And I think that even goes for technology. If people are fearful of it, then they're not going to be able to engage with it. And and I ha I'll admit I have a love-hate relationship with technology because when my stuff doesn't work, <laughs> it gets frustrating. And yet I am trying to learn. I'm really working on my engagement with the technology and understanding that again it's confined energy now as human beings we worked on it to confine it to those specifics but it's still confined energy and and you know god is light that's energy mm -hmm. and so everything is a form of you know light energy and um so i just need to understand my relationship with it is it, you know to me it's all different levels i mean we're i'd say we're way up here next to god in that you know, uh, energy level. Mm -hmm. And you could even call it spirit because God is light, God is spirit, God is love. You know, to me, they're all one and the same. And that, you know, asphalt might be down quite a bit lower, but it's still got a frequency. It's still yeah. energy. It's still spirit. It's still, yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, um, I just want to touch on this point because I, I feel the Lord sort of prodding me. Um, but there's this um, you know, part of the misconception around technology and, and the fear that so many people have been conditioned, you know, if we look at the track record of, you know, the Y2K thing, and then the barcode, and then, you know, all these things about the mark of the beast and all of that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it, all of it, we've got wrong. And um, as, as, as far as the church goes, and, but it, it, it's this still pervading thought, you know, that, um, you know, the end is coming. And I think that, when we um when we try you know i feel that technology is an age issue rather than a nation issue and so when we're trying to fit technology in what it's going to do or what it can do within our the construct of um national governments like taking over and doing this and doing that um it becomes um you know a fear point but God, you know, Jesus called us to disciple nations. And then he said, go into all the world, right? Into the cosmos, right? So he yes, was really cosmos. speaking about an age. And so right. I feel that there's a difference 
um, there's a difference between discipling nations and discipling an age. And when you rise up to disciple an age, then you will have the answers to bring governance to those dimensions of technology and that. innovation. And, and so a lot of people are wrestling with technology because they're thinking nations, they're thinking end of the world, but we have to think millennial kingdom. We have to think it's, so it's about discipling an age and as an innovators yeah. and creators, we can disciple an age. If we just dare to just go into that place in God to just say, God, show me what I haven't seen before. Show me where this is heading even a hundred years from now. Like show me the model for the era that is actually going to develop limitlessness rather than Come on. Walk people into mountains. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know what I'm saying? There's a difference between reaching the cap and then creating a model that expresses eternity and infinity. Well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit more about what your understanding of the end actually mm -hmm. is. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll be back right after this. Wow. With so many awesome ways to grow in the transformation of your body, soul, and spirit, reconnecting with God, the heavens, and yourself through breathing? Let's get started. You can find Adina's Emerging Core series on breathing transformation at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Why wait? Here we go. All right. <laughs> I got to get my timing down better. Uh, Sophie, uh, what is um, your understanding of the end? What is what does the end look like? And, at, you know, and I'm not putting you on the spot. So if you don't have an answer, it's fine. Because um, mine, mine has dramatically changed over the last decade of what I feel like the end actually is. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, mine has changed a lot, too, in, in the past I guess since like 2011, you know, there was a really strong shift for me as to like what the end um, is. And I don't, I can't say that I know what it is. I just, I can only say that what I feel like personally um, in the construct of my own mandate, um, how I approach that whole dialogue. And for me, I, I feel that we're hundreds of years out for mm -hmm. anything really. And um Personally, I have a mandate for a hundred years. And so yeah. um, I can't say that that's a prescriptive mandate necessarily that is a hundred years linear. I feel that there is this place where lines are being blurred and maybe, you know, there's, what if God were to give you a grace that is a hundred year fold, but it's actually a grace to break through and actually leap into a hundred years, you know, yeah. and not necessarily yeah. like a linear timeline of like, this is what's going to happen in the hundred years, you know? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right. So for me, the way that I approach it is that <clears throat> I feel that we are a new creation, you know, and that we're coming into this limitless future. And I think that there will be challenges in, in, in that future. But um, I also feel that, as we begin to become come more into that divine intelligence, time is really going to become something different. And what I we define like as ending is going to become something different 
And I think that we can even transcend, we can taste of the powers of the age to come. So I don't necessarily live with a concept of a finality. I live, I ride that eternal crest of like, I'm riding that way from going into the powers of the age to come unto the powers of an age to come. And so there's no limit to what I can touch and I can bring into the earth. But also, um, you know, what it's like living out of that place of those heavenly places where we have been crucified with Christ. We have been resurrected with him. We have ascended with him and we have been glorified. So I can choose to live out of the glorification dimension and live out of a millennial reign reality now, you know, so, so that's how I approach that, you know, that whole conversation. I don't really, I, I'm, I'm one that I'm going to build for a hundred years. I'm going to build, you know, and I'm going to dream a dream that I can't even fulfill myself. And so that's as much as I've gotten, you know, um, about that, the end time conversation. I wish I could give you more. (laughs) No, that's good. I, uh, and you know, cause you're, uh, I'm assuming you're quite a bit younger than me. I, I don't know, but, um, I've gone 55 rotations around the sun. I don't consider that my age. That's how many times I've been here or how many times I've gone around the sun while I've been here. But, um, you know, my theology has gone, you know, because I used to pastor in a very conservative church and my theology has changed dramatically. And one of the hardest things for me to let go of and OK, and again, don't throw stones, people We're we're you know, we're 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 walking together in love. And just because I share something doesn't make it the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're welcome to disagree with me. But I, I have come to the place where I believe that the divine intelligence, that the um, uh, Christ consciousness, uh, wa- that Jesus has already returned in each of us, mm-hmm. that he's already here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was ha- so hard for me to let go of the idea of his physical return because I wanted so much to you know be there for that physical return and be part of that and that but then as he's worked in my life over time I'm realizing no Christ in me that's more intimate than having him come and you know I mean we had Catherine Wang on um, on our Sunday show and and she did a great job of just sharing the beauty of how all through the Bible there's always been this uh, motif of the two become one you know, the marriage, the two become one, how Father God has wanted to, you know, be the, the groom, you know, through Jesus or, and that the two become one, the two become one. It's that intimacy. And it's like, wait a minute, he's already in me. And so my job now is learning to love myself well, because I believe that when we love ourselves well, there's no sickness or disease that can touch us and not even age itself would Mm -hmm. take us out but that as we're progressing and learning and growing in that love that we you know begin to share that with those around us and that eventually it permeates the world you know and that sounds extremely fantastical and you know that that's definitely a god thing Mm -hmm. especially when we think of it in today's world but that uh i don't believe there's an end of us Uh, you know even if we pass away if we pass and this body goes back to the earth we're still going. We're in the cloud of witnesses. We're still, you know, we're still there. We don't disappear and go away forever. So to me, there's not really an end. Um, and, you know, and I'm a believer in the restoration of all things and that we are here 
you know, in this age that we've already crossed the threshold into, you know, this, this next age. Um, and I'll just, I'm just going to say it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the age of Aquarius mm -hmm. and we've stepped in mm -hmm. and you can give it any name you want to. I tend to call it the kingdom age. I like to use the kingdom age, kingdom restoration age, that we are bringing kingdom back into the earth and that father is doing that in Christ, in us, through us, that mm -hmm. we, if we sit and wait around expecting that Jesus is going to come back and do it all for us, uh, we're going to be waiting a very long time, I believe. But that's just my my thought, my opinion mm -hmm. on it. So, yeah, I don't know if you have anything. I, to... I have to agree. I have to agree um, that I'm very much fall in line with what you're saying. And you know, there we just have to step into this place of the fullness, you know, of of God and and yes. what that fullness looks like, you know, and and give it language like to preach and declare the good news, I feel it's language. It's the language, yes. that relationship that communicates and understands and um, and then creates a culture for, for the wonders of God. You know, we're fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made and our soul knows it very well. Like we know that we're hardwired. The energy of wonder is in there and it's the wonderful works of God, you know, when we talk about the greater works and, and I feel that it's so much more than more healings and, and revivals and, and this and that is an expression of his language that energizes the world, that energizes creation, that energizes the cosmos, that empowers. I feel that technologies and innovations are going to carry transfigurative power. They're going to carry an anointing for transfiguration. Um, mm. They're going to reveal realms of transfiguration. And what if we could create technologies that could interplay in that language of wonder and, and create and build cities that embody that? That's actually another project that I'm building a think tank for. And it's uh, the concept of infinity cities and developing these cities that um, express the infinity of God. And, and when people go into it, they just experience limitlessness, yeah. you know? I am so so with you on on that whole idea of the limitlessness and the infinity, because you know fathers, you know there's people scientists will say some scientists will say there's um, I think uh, eleven or twelve dimensions, some will say sixty three, uh, you know, and then there's probably many scientists everywhere in between, and I'm like. Uh, I think God can have as many dimensions as he wants. Mm -hmm. and, and actually I had an encounter with him one time where I, where I was asking him that. And it literally was like a matrix thing, you know, where Neil's standing and he's got to pick out his gun, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like all the, you know, it stops at one spot. Father mm -hmm. was doing that with me. It's like all these dimensions flying by and he'd stop. See that one? And, it, and, and finally, after a little bit, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. There's no end. There's no end to the dimensions. There's no end to the realms. And there's no end to the words that we haven't even got language for yet that will describe things that have more infinity to them. Mm -hmm. It just goes on and on and on. And that's our God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's who he is. Who he is. Well, we're about out of time. So before we wrap it up here, um, why don't you give your website and uh, you know the things you like to share so people can get connected with you again? Yeah, um, so my main website is fiorellagiordano.io. Um, I have tons of websites, so that's my main one. If you want to uh, find my e-courses, it's Fiorella Giordano 
online.com, but you can find that link in the main website that I gave first. Um, and, um, you know, the ultraviolet project is in there. Um, the website for that one, if you want to look it up by yourself, it's uh, ultravioletexperiment.io. And um, yeah, and so you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Clubhouse and TikTok um, and Twitter. But yeah, so that's right. where you can find me. And I have a good, good. I, I have a course coming up. It's a called Infinite Reclaiming the uh, Your Imagination. And that, you know, you can find that on my website as well. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I love it. And um, now do you have times time to do what we call a behind the scenes section where well, you know, that's our members only and they are ready for the deepest stuff that you want to put out there and talk about or share. We usually only go five to 20 minutes, you know, somewhere in there. Are you, do you have time to do that? Sure. Okay. Well then, uh, anybody watching, if you want to see that, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com, click on the easy button tab and there's a drop down menu and you can go to the behind the scenes partnership. And uh, we appreciate everyone who does that. It is helping to support the ministry. And uh, you get to hear everything that uh, the people share behind the scenes. So uh, go there, enjoy it. And we love you all. Fiorella Giordana. Yeah. Yes? Giordano. Oh, yeah. Giordano. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, thank you so much. I really honor you, bless you. Thank you for what you carry and what you're bringing into this age. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being appreciate on. Mm -hmm. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you. And until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.